1: Everyone this evening. Thanks for coming out to Victor Christian Fellowship and Wednesday Night Refreshing, where God's presence uh flow refreshing, times of refreshing. Time and time again, we can be refreshed and blessed by God's presence. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your faithfulness. You are a faithful God. The work that you began in us, you're faithful to complete to the day you return. And Lord, we just honor you tonight. We bless you, we welcome your presence your Holy Spirit here. Lord, we're just going to have a good time in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: Amen. Are you ready to worship tonight? Remember those walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But well, he came, and he died, and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we call death and grave? They were like mountains that stood in our way. Took all fear our way paid so strong now we can stand and pray, And we heard and we were and we whisper those days are here. Generation falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the land and all the thoughts.
1: And lifted up,
2: Lord,
1: and your train fills this temple. Your presence touches our hearts. Lord, saturate us in your presence and in your glory. Manifest yourself to us, O oh Lord, for you are great and greatly to be praised. We love you, Lord Jesus. You are good and faithful. You are the one true God. Your name is exalted above every other name. And we bless you, Lord. I bless you. I praise you and I magnify you. And I glorify you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, I share my heart of love with you. I declare how good you are to me, Lord. And I'm grateful that I serve a God like you. I'm grateful for a loving father. I'm grateful for a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'm grateful for a guide who brings us into all truth. Oh, I'm thankful, Father, for your word. I'm thankful for your work. I'm thankful for the way of righteousness. Oh, bless your holy name, Lord. Praise your holy name. Be glorified, Lord. Have your way in us, Lord. Have your way in us. Do only what you can do, Lord. Hallelujah. Touch us, Master. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name. You are welcome here, Lord. You and all that you represent, your word and your spirit, We thank you that you are in our midst. And Lord, thank you for speaking to us. You don't need to look any further
2: for life, for
1: I am your life. In me, you live and move and have your being. Oh, I sing over you with joy, says the Lord. You are my my people. After my image and my likeness, you are mine, and I am yours. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. Good things are happening here at VCF. Tomorrow, we'll minister to Forge and Northside Schools with our 3rd, 4th, and 5th graders through our Bible Adventure program. and Hallelujah. Our middle school will be getting ready to uh, kick up uh, on the 17th. And uh, Dr. Fiona, she'll be leaving on Monday for Guyana. So, hallelujah. And uh, if you're interested in uh, helping out on our winter maintenance team... Uh, you could uh, see Stephen. He's in the back of the sound booth. And uh, we'd appreciate your help for removing snow. And uh, hallelujah. And then uh, coming up at the end of October, October 27th and 28th, we're having our first ever Inheritance Family Conference. And if you are a family or if you know some families that want to come to that, Uh, Go to our website at vcfpa.org, and uh, you can register there. Um, We're going to have fun for every age. We're going to help heal and encourage families. Amen? You know, God's interested in the families, and uh, he wants to use families for his purpose. So praise the Lord. Be sure to register for that. And then uh, also we need uh, volunteers. We're, so, we're casting a net for families in Palmyra. Amen. How many think that families could be helped here at BCF? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We've seen families change and uh, get help over the 21 years that we've been here. So I know God is uh, still in the family-helping business. Hallelujah. And uh, we just want to pray for uh, Miss Lisa, who uh, had an accident today and hurt her ankle. So she's not with us. So Father, we just thank you for sending your word to her and restoring her and strengthening her and giving her a quick recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Did I miss anything? All right. Praise the Lord. Of course, you can give any time during the service. If you're watching online, you can uh, give through our website. And uh, if you want to support the Commission Club, that's an ongoing uh, work. And uh, we'll be uh, going to Liberia the week of Thanksgiving. We're hosting a a very own victory conference, or victory crusade, actually. And we're going to be ministering to pastors in the morning and doing uh, evangelistic outreach in the afternoon and evenings. So it's going to be a wild time with uh, Steve Hoffman and Gabriel and I. And uh, praise God. Reverend Gabriel, hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Father, I just thank you for the givers and their gifts tonight, Lord, as they bring it into your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that you receive it in heaven and you reward them here on earth. You cause them to uh, have good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over blessing, Lord. And I I give you thanks and praise for your faithfulness in that. I call every giver and their gift blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to have kids tonight. I think there's a All right, the, the two musketeers, amen. <laughs> so you guys can have a good time. Be blessed, hallelujah. Well, did everybody get your VIP pass? Everybody has, you're a very important person to God. And uh, God has given you access to get behind the scenes. Uh, to go into the invisible and make it visible. Amen? And uh, it's just something that God put in my heart this afternoon, so I kind of just made a a quick VIP backstage pass. And uh, that's yours, and uh, plus it illustrates what I'm talking about tonight. Aren't you glad that we've been given, we've been granted access to God? To heaven, right? And uh, we, um, God has everything that we need, want, and desire. It exists, but we may not be able to see it, but His Word lets us know that it's there. And uh, we're going to see that tonight in the name of Jesus. And uh, we're, we're continuing, we started this about three weeks ago. We call it Supernatural Supply, and tonight we're going to focus on Access Granted. And um, you can see how God did all of these things when he delivered Israel from Egypt. He gave them supernatural favor. He gave them uh, supernatural sustenance, uh, supernatural deliverance, supernatural protection, and supernatural provision. You know why? Because our God's supernatural. Supernatural. He exceeds natural limits. Amen? And He has given us the ability to do the same. Aren't you glad for that? I said it this way. God is a supernatural God. He makes supernatural supply available to His people in supernatural ways. Right? He, and He brings us salvation, healing, protection, provision, purpose, Uh, And they're all available and accessible to us. Aren't you glad for that? I want you to go with me now to Romans chapter 5. And uh, last week I talked about how there's two entrance points. That's the Word and the Spirit. And uh, those are uh, like, you know, when you enter a country, it's called a port of entry, right? God's got two ports of entry to the supernatural, the Word and the Spirit. And... uh, He's made both available to us. But in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith. You are justified. Don't have to get justified. You are. You are just as if you've never sinned. Amen? That's what it means to be justified. And you're justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice this verse 2. By whom also we have access. See, I have access. That means everything that God promised is accessible to us. You don't have to pick be- behind door number 1, 2, or 3. You can just go to God, and he- He'll give you anything that you need, want, and desire that you ask for him amen anything that he promised in his word so we we have access by faith into this grace into god's ability god's favor god's goodness god's power we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god we got to stand and rejoice amen amen we got to get excited that we've been given access. See, when we're justified by uh, faith, we, we get all that heaven offers us. It's all ours. You know, you can go to the throne room any that you want and have a conversation with the Creator. He has an open-door policy for His kids. We can go in any time, any place, anywhere, all right? Then He says, and not only so, but we glory in, you know, we glory in tribulations... Knowing that tribulation works patience, patience experience and experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. Hallelujah. You know, the hope that God gives will deliver us from shame. Amen. We have a hope where we, we won't be shamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It's the power of God. We shouldn't be ashamed of the power. Saving power, healing power, prospering power. We shouldn't be ashamed of the power. Amen? We should be bold about the power. You see someone that has a need, be bold. Say, let me pray for you. God will meet that need. Amen? We don't have to be ashamed for what we have or what God has done for us. Now, I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. This is all has to do with your backstage pass. God has given you an invitation to come behind the scenes. You know, not everybody gets to go backstage with an entertainer. But those that have a backstage pass, you got to have a pass. You got to have security clearance. Whoo, glory to God. Jesus gave you the highest security clearance. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified because it's very powerful. 1 Thessalonians 1.10. He says, And to look forward confidently, wait for the coming of his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus Who personally rescues us from the coming wrath and draws us to himself, granting us all privileges and rewards of a new life in him. Granting privileges and rewards of a new life in him. When you signed up for a new life, well, I didn't sign up. When you accepted Jesus, you signed up for a new life. The old man is dead, now you can put on the new man, and with the new man comes privileges and benefits and rewards that God has given to us, he's made available to us, and, and we can walk in those things. You know, healing is good, but God wants us to walk in divine health. Imagine walking where you wouldn't need to come into a healing line. Why? Because you're so completely healed, Jesus so completely touched you, that you're completely free. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, when the woman with the issue of blood, when she heard about Jesus, she knew that she had access to healing. And she went and got her healing. Didn't she? she? She made the move. Jesus didn't tell her how to do it. She just heard the word that he heals. And she went after him with all of her heart in a weakened condition. She said, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Why? Because she knew that she had access. She knew that she could touch his clothes. Jesus didn't have a sign on him that said, can't touch this. But there, there were everybody, there were people touching Jesus just to touch him, but she touched him in faith. See, it, when you touch Jesus in faith, there's a difference because faith activates his power. Amen. So he draws us to himself, granting us all the privileges and rewards. See, I have privileges and rewards. Yeah, God's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Our God's a rewarder. He's a giver. And he gives good things. Hallelujah. Let's go to Second Corinthians, Chapter Three. Second Corinthians, Chapter Three. And I want you to look at, um, Let's let's look at verse 8, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 8. He says, How shall not the ministration or the ministry of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration or the ministry of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. By reason of the glory that excels for if that which had if that which is done away with were glorious he's talking about the law if that which were done away with was glorious much more that which remains is glorious everybody say much more you know we serve a much more god we have a much more covenant you know jesus is the uh, author of a better covenant right and uh we have a better deal than they did under the law Notice verse 12. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness or boldness of speech. Everybody say seeing. When you hear the word, what do you see? If you hear a word about healing, are you still looking at the sickness or the infirmity or the weakness? What do we see when we hear the word? You know, when the widow of Zarephath, when she heard the word that God would multiply her flower, she saw abundance. How do we know? Because she was willing to give all that she had. Because she knew that there was a supply that she couldn't see with her natural eye, but she could see because of the word of the prophet. And he painted a picture in her. Her her initial picture was, we're going to make two pancakes and die. But then the prophet came along and gave her a new picture, said, you give to me first, and God will multiply that. So she had a picture now of multiplication. She had a picture now of abundance. She had something that she couldn't see before. Okay? So seeing. Did you know... Uh <laughs> Thank you, Lord. When Abraham and Lot were together, originally God's plan was he wasn't supposed to take Lot. He was supposed to leave his family, right? Because God knew that the trouble it would cause. So Abraham started accumulating a lot of stuff. Him and Lot together, they had too many sheep in one place, and the place that they were in couldn't sustain all the sheep that they had between the two of them. That's a lot of sheep. Amen? So, Abraham, now he was, he was the elder, he was the uncle. He could have said to Lot, You go here, and I'm going to go here, and that would have been okay. But he, he, he sowed to God, and he said, Lot, you choose, and wherever you choose, I'll go the opposite. Okay? So, Lot, he could only see with his natural eyes. And he chose a place that he thought was good, but we found out later it wasn't so good. Right? So Abraham now, he's walking away, and God speaks to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I want you to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. He said, all that you could see, you can have. How many know that when we hear the word of God, we got to let the Holy Spirit form a picture on the inside of us of what God says? And that that's the picture that now we have to embrace. Because that's the picture that's going to bring it from the invisible to the visible. Okay? So when Abraham sowed to Lot, he fared a whole lot better because he put his trust in God. Lot didn't put his trust in God. He put his trust in the natural, physical sense that he could uh, determine from his own uh, mind about what a, a good place was. See, but he was limited in his sight. He couldn't see the evil. He couldn't see the bad things. He couldn't see the things that were wrong. All he could see was this green, lush area. That was it. But Abraham, he got a whole lot more, didn't he? All that you can see, you can have. So seeing. Seeing then that we have such a hope. Okay, verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face... That the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the end of that which is abolished. When Moses spent 40 days on uh, Mount Sinai, he came down and his face was literally glowing, lit up. Right? Because he, he spent 40 days in the presence of God and uh, the people said Moses put a veil on. Okay? Because th- they couldn't take the glow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Moses had a S O N, a suntan. Okay? Verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For unto this day remains the same veil untaken away at the reading of the Old Testament. Do you know how many people saw Jesus in the flesh but didn't see him as the Son of God? Why? Because their minds were blinded. They couldn't see past, oh, he's the carpenter. He's Joseph's boy. He's Mary's boy. They couldn't see past the natural. Right? Okay? So, uh, but though minds were blind, in verse 14, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. When you accept Christ, the veil is taken off of our minds. And the, the Bible says that God's word is light, and the entrance of his word gives light. You can't get light when you got a veil over your mind. we got to have the veil taken away, and the veil is taken away in Christ. Okay? But unto this, uh, verse 15, But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Aren't you glad that your veil has been taken away? Because you turned to the Lord. Amen? All right? And with the veil taken away, now you can get an understanding of what God has given to you. You can appreciate what He did at the cross and the resurrection so that now you can have access to all of His benefits. Amen? He daily loads us with benefits. Can you hear the truck? It's backing up to your house now. What's it doing? It's about to dump some benefits on you. He daily loads us with benefits. Everybody say daily. Loads us. That's the, God, God is so good. He's got to send dump trucks to us. You know, the camel was the, the semi-truck of the desert. And, and when Abraham wanted a wife, he sent send 10 semi-trucks, 10 camels to get a wife. Amen. And they were loaded with stuff, jewels, robes, clothing. And uh, when Eliezer met Rebecca, she said, oh, he said, my master's a rich man. He left all of his inheritance. And she's like, ooh, I want to meet this man. <laughs> if a man shows up with 10 semi-trucks, well, let me take an interest in him. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So when we turn to the Lord, our veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. See, I have liberty in my body. I have liberty in my home. I have liberty in my finances. Let me tell you something. Right now, because you said that, restrictions of your finances are taken off. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Is He in you? Then then there's liberty. Wherever he is, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's, uh, oh, hallelujah. Verse 18, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm telling you, when you focus on the Lord, you get changed. I always tell people for my birthday, I go from glory to glory. Amen? Amen. Listen, you can either pronounce death over your age or life over your age. Don't get so sorry because you added another year. Rejoice. Amen? you you like, like a fine wine. You get better over time. Glory to God. I, I get more flavor. Hallelujah. I get more strength. Glory to God. It's all about your perspective. Amen? Okay. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> Go to uh, Galatians 4 7. Galatians 4 7. And I want to get to uh, two things here. Hallelujah. Galatians 4. It says. Um, I'm going to read this from the Passion. I'll read it from King James, and I'll read it from the Passion, okay? Wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Say, I'm an heir of God through Christ. Think about that statement. You're an heir of God. You're not an heir of just anybody. You're an heir of God. Imagine the inheritance that God gives his heirs. Okay? Let me read this from the, the Passion Translation now. This is Galatians 4-7. Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters, and because we're His, we can access everything our Father has. Oh, hallelujah! For we are heirs because of what God has done. We can access everything our Father has. We can access everything our Father has. What does your Father have? You can access it. You have permission to go into the refrigerator. You have permission to go into the cabinet. You have permission to go into the garage. When I visit my parents, I have access to the refrigerator. Why? Because I'm a son. I don't have to say... Can I have something? I I can look for what I want. Amen? I have access to it. Because I'm a son. I've been born in the house. You've been born again. You've been born into God's family. And you have all. You can have all that your father has. Oh, hallelujah. We've been given access to God. We have been granted. We have been given a backstage pass to all of heaven's goods, all of heaven's stuff, anything that you need, want, and desire. Oh, he only meets your needs. Really? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why shouldn't you want? Because you have such a good shepherd. If I delight myself in him, he gives me the desires of my heart. That's another scripture. He meets my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So needs, desires, and wants. Amen? Amen. He's the great I Am. All right. I want you to go to John chapter 2 for just a second. And we're going to look behind the scenes. I'm going to be like a a roving reporter here at VCF, and I'm going to take you behind the scenes. And we're going to see how having access to the invisible makes things possible. Okay? Now, we know this story. It's where Jesus turned water into wine. Okay? John chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Say the mother of Jesus was there. God had someone that had some faith in a place that was going to need someone with faith. You know, God puts people in places for when things happen, that when someone has faith, they can change the atmosphere. Amen? Amen? God, God's looking for some VCF people that have some faith and he's putting you into places, he's putting you in the neighborhoods, he's putting you with people so that you can impact that group of people with, you can bring some light, you can bring some hope, you can bring some prayer, you can change the atmosphere and the environment wherever you are. Okay? It's important to know that Mary was there. And both Jesus... Was called and his disciples to be the, the, for the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, "They have no wine." Let me ask you this question: I thought about this today. Would Jesus have changed water into wine if no one said anything about it? Jesus wouldn't have known that they were out of wine, but someone needed to make him aware of it. Amen. How do we make God aware of things? We pray. Amen? You know, God's just looking for some people on earth that will speak his word to him so that he's he's ready to perform it. So Mary went to the word. Now, the physical, natural thing was they had no wine. Okay? Wine comes from grapes. Grapes. Wine comes over time. It's a process of fermenting juice, and it usually, I don't know how long it takes because I've never made wine. So they wanted wine. Wine was the physical problem that everybody could see, but Jesus saw something different. Okay? Jesus said, you know, they wanted wine. The mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what shall I do? Uh, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. It wasn't his time to show forth his glory. But you know what? Marriage is bypassed time. She's like, okay, whatever he says, do it. She's like, yeah, talk to the hand, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. How many know that you? you if you want a miracle, you got to stir some things up? You know, the power of God is moving, and some people just, they're on the front row seat, and they just watch it go by. Oh, there was the power of God. It was? I missed it. Because you didn't do anything. Faith has to do something. They had no wine. Okay? What are you going to do? Go to the Word. Why? The Word proves the existence of wine that you can't see. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word made flesh, right? So Mary went to the word who was there. And his mother said unto the servants, whatever he said unto you, do it. Okay? She outlines the parameters of the authority of the word. Look, they don't have no wine, but we're going to make some wine. So whatever the word says, do it and wine will appear. Okay? Mary knew that there was wine somewhere just couldn't be seen. Jesus also knew that there was wine somewhere, it just couldn't be seen. But the word is about to make it visible. Okay? Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. You need juice, not water. You need grapes, not H2O. Amen? And they filled them up to the brim. The word gave an instruction. The people followed the instruction. That's the parameters of a miracle. Of tapping into the supernatural. Jesus knew there was wine that people couldn't see. Okay? They filled them to the brim. And he said to them, you got to continue to listen. Draw out now... And bear unto the governor of the feast. And what did they do? They they brought it out, right? They did everything the word said to do. Because the word is the title deed. It tells you it's the evidence of things not seen. Okay? There was wine. It just wasn't seen. It was hidden in water. God hid some wine in some water. He put wine in a place where you would never find wine. But see, the supernatural is not logical. The supernatural goes above natural limits, above natural laws. That's why it's supernatural. Okay? And this is what we have access to. So... They bear it, okay, from the time they dipped it out to the time they brought it to the governor, a change took place. The wine appeared. It was invisible, and it came from an unknown source that you wouldn't think where wine would come from, but it was the best wine that someone ever tasted. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not where it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. They drew the water, but they served wine. That's supernatural. We have access to the supernatural, but we got to do what the Word says to do every step of the way so that we can have the full supernatural process. Amen? Everything that the Word said, they did. They responded. They didn't question it. They didn't think about it. They just did it. And it it didn't make sense to the natural mind, but it made sense to the spirit. So, verse 11, of course, this was the best wine. You know, he said normally people give the best wine first, then serve the worst wine. But this is the best he, he ever, you know, God saves the best for the last. You know, when you operate in the supernatural, you get the best. Okay? Verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. See, he operated in the supernatural and it caused them to have faith in him. Amen? You have access to the supernatural. This came about by Mary's faith. If it wasn't for Mary's faith, there wouldn't have been any wine served. But Mary took action and she went to the Word to spark the miracle. She went to the Word to prove that there's wine somewhere, it exists somewhere, you just can't see it. And she goes to Jesus, whom she knew because her birth was supernatural. Amen? She knew how he got in her womb. She knew how she carried him for nine months. She knew his character, right? He he was the son of God. He was birthed with the power overshadowed her. She just accepted what the word said. Be it unto me according as you said. Amen? All right. Go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And let's see another example but with healing. Okay. And uh, let's go to verse 45, John four, verse 45. All right? Uh, when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went to the feast, say so having seen things. See, those those things that they saw caused him to uh, follow him. Okay, so verse 46. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. That's about 18 miles, I think, is what I read. So... When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea unto Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Okay? So um, Jesus said, then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Okay? Paul wrote uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians um Chapter 1, verse 22, it says the Jews demand a sign. All right? In Acts 2.22, Peter said, Men of Israel, listen to these words of Jesus of Nazareth. A man accredited and pointed out and attested to you by God uh, through miracles. Miracles revealed the divinity of Jesus. Okay? And... uh, Uh, John chapter 5, verse 36, it says, But the testimony which I have is far greater than the testimony of John, for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very same works that I am now doing testify about me. Okay? So this man who came to Jesus was probably a Jew. And Jesus was making this statement, Jews seek a sign. Okay? And he... Uh, in another part, Jesus said, a wicked and evil generation seek a sign. We're not here to seek a sign, but we're here to seek a Savior, but he comes with signs. You know, signs point the way to the Savior, okay? So, verse 48, Jesus said, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down before my child die, Okay? So he was getting Jesus to come down. Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. Okay? The man saw his son's sickness. That was his physical, natural condition. His son was sick, he was near death, but he couldn't see the healing. And Jesus said, go, your son lives. What evidence does the man have that sickness is available? Only what the Word said. Amen? There's only one title deed that reveals the invisible to visible. That's the Word of God. All right? The, it's like uh, the Word of God is, how many's ever been to a 3D movie? Right? They give you those goggles, right? And it makes it look like things are coming off the screen to you, right? But without those goggles, you can't really see. But this is a goggle of the invisible. When you put the word over your eyes, you can see what you can't see. You can know what you can't know. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. You can have what doesn't seem to exist, but because this says it exists, it exists. You just can't see it and you got to bring it to where you can see it. And this is what we have access to. So, Jesus is the word. And the word spoke, and the word said, go your way, your son lives, and the man believed the what? Say, he believed the word. word. Say, "He he believed the word. Why? The word is believable. The word is true. And the word is the only evidence that you need that something exists. You don't need any other evidence. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Jesus knew that healing existed. The man couldn't see it, but when he spoke it, now he could see it. Okay? The word of God is like the master key that opens every door. There's not a door in heaven that you don't have access to because you got the master key. Amen? You have been given a VIP pass to go behind the scenes, to come into the throne room, to check out all that God has for you, all that he's given to you, all that he wants you to be, all that he he wants you to have, amen? It's all here. It exists. Sometimes we just can't see it, but we got to go to the Word, and that will help us see it. And when he was now going down, his servants met him and told him saying your son lives. Isn't that the exact word that Jesus said? The what the word said and what the results were were the same. Because the word knew Jesus said the words that I speak their life and their spirit, right? So when he said your son lives, the word de- declared that sicknesses of I mean uh Healing is available, you have access to it, and I've granted it to you. And the man believed it. Okay? And uh, he inquired them the hour when he began to amend. Everybody say, began to amend. Began to amend. And they said unto him yesterday at the seventh hour, at 1 p.m., the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Your son lives, and himself believed, and his whole house. Not Now, because the word was spoken, it showed that uh, healing was available, that his son was going to live, and it also brought salvation to the house it also brought something that they couldn't see before because after they saw the Son lived and the Father said, that's the same time when Jesus spoke it, the Word took effect the moment it went out and it also opened them up to other things, to salvation, to deliverance. Amen? Amen. They they were granted access. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's look at one more. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And I want you to, I want want to just read something to you as you're turning to John chapter 6. And this was, uh, this is about the book of Hebrews. And it says, because our royal priest gave his sacred blood for us, we now have unrestricted access to the holiest place of all. Everybody say, unrestricted access. (laughs) Anytime that you need mercy, you can go to the throne. Anytime that you want to find grace, you can go to the throne. You have unrestricted access into God's presence. You have unrestricted access into God's throne. You have unrestricted access to go in and have a conversation with God. Unrestricted access. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop you from going to talk with your father. You could go sit on God's lap and you can say, Daddy, I just want to hang out with you. You have unrestricted access to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to everything that He said in His Word. We have unrestricted access. That ought to make us bold. That ought to make us shout. Might even make you run. Unrestricted access. There's no lock that can keep you out. There's no bar that's strong enough that can stop you. You have unrestricted access. Amen? Why? Because you got a VIP pass. You know who gave you this pass? Jesus. Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. All right? John chapter 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 1. Now, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles. (laughs) Everybody say, they saw his miracles. Based on what they saw, they decided to follow him. They saw things they never saw before. Why? Jesus makes the invisible visible. Nothing's too hard for God. Say, nothing's too hard for my God. God. Say, "Nothing's nothing's impossible for God. All right? They saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw the great company coming to him, he said unto Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now notice, he, he, And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Say so he knew what he would do. Jesus knew that a, an abundance of bread existed somewhere, you just couldn't see it. It existed in the invisible realm, in the spiritual realm of which we have access to. Amen? Did you know that no matter how good a magician Satan is, he can't fool you because you have the truth? Amen? He he. What do they call those things uh, that the magicians do when they hide people and stuff like that? Uh, illusion, yeah, that's it. That's a word. It's an illusion. They cause you to focus on something here so you can't see something here. Right? And they perfect it so well that you're like, how did that happen? But here's what God does. God unveils the secrets. He makes the invisible made visible. So you you know exactly how Satan operates. He's not going to fool you. He's not going to pull the wool over your eyes because he can't. So, Jesus knew what he was going to do. But he was testing his disciples to see what they believed. This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient. Say, it's not sufficient. All Philip saw was what was insufficient, all Philip saw was what was not enough. All Philip saw was the impossibility. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, There's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Once again, he's seeing insufficient. He's seeing something different, but he's seeing something that's not enough, something that's limited. All they could see was five barley loaves and two small fish. But Jesus saw something different. He saw an abundance. He saw plenty. He saw more than enough. It was invisible. It was there. You just couldn't see it with your natural eye. But we have access to these things. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. (laughs) Once again, the word gave an instruction. How many know, in order to get a miracle, you've got to put some things in order? Right? Miracles come through instructions. Have the men sit down. Why? He's getting them ready to receive something that they've never seen before. He's getting ready to make visible what was invisible. He's getting ready to do something that was never done before. Something that the people never saw before. Well, they might have read it in the prophets because some of the prophets did that too. Elisha did. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number five, about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, who did he give thanks to? He gave thanks to God. God's the creator. God's the multiplier. God, there's nothing impossible with God. Why? Jesus knew the access that he had. He knew how he could call upon God when there was a natural need to help people. Jesus knew that he could tap into the supernatural to override the natural. The natural was there's not enough. Right? That was the natural physical condition. But Jesus knew someone that has more than enough. So he took the loaves. Jesus received the gift. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, notice this next phrase, as much as they would. (laughs) <laughs> they started off with five loaves and two fish. And because Jesus gave thanks to God, he tapped into the supernatural power, the supernatural ability, the supernatural supply. They began distributing fish and loaves, fish and loaves, fish and loaves, as much as everybody wanted. You want some fish and loaves? Here, some fish and loaves. Fish and loaves. Come get your fish and loaves. I got some hot fish and loaves right here. Come on. Hop, pop go get your fish and loaves right here. You know, they're... They began to distribute them. That's what happens when you walk in the supernatural. Amen? Amen? And when they were filled, He said to His disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with fragments. They had more fragments left over than what they started with originally. Hallelujah. This is what supernatural does. We have supernatural health. We have a supernatural provider. Amen. We have supernatural help. God's a very present help in trouble. Amen. So over and above what they had in verse 14, then those men which they had seen the miracle that Jesus did said, this is of a truth, this is, yeah, this is of a truth that a prophet that should come into the world. So they saw the miracle. The loaves and the fishes existed They just were in a place where you couldn't see them, but it was the word that brought them from there to here. Amen? When you need a healing, it's the word that brings your healing to right where you are. Your healing exists. It's already available. How do you know it exists? By his stripes, you are healed. That's a written scripture. That scripture proves that healing exists. Okay, it exists, but how do I get it? You believe that by by his stripes you're healed. And when you believe that, that taps into the supernatural power of God, and it makes your healing that was invisible now visible, and now you feel it in your body. Amen? The woman with the issue of blood, she felt it in her body that she was healed. She already knew it in her heart. She already saw it on her inside. She saw it based on what she heard. How do we know? Because she did what she said. When someone believes the word, nothing stops them from doing what the word says to do. Nothing stops them from getting what the word says that they can have. Get out of my way. I'm getting what I want. That woman made her way through the crowd, through the people, to get to Jesus. Nothing stopped that woman from getting a Jesus because she knew that what she needed existed in him. And she said, I'm going to get it so it, it comes to me. And just by one simple touch of faith, she tapped into the power of God. Only she got the power. No one else got the power that day, right? Everybody's touching you, Lord. Why are you asking who's touching you? The disciples, that thought was, that was like a stupid question. But they couldn't see. They couldn't see what that woman saw. But that woman saw something. And she went after it and she got it. Everybody say, she got it. Think about this. If that woman can get it, so can you. If that woman can get healed from 12 years of pain, you can get healed. Amen? And your healing doesn't have to take 12 hours. It can take one moment. One touch of faith. Amen? You, can, you have access to the supernatural. By the way, these are all scriptures that tell you that you have access on your VIP card. The holder of this card has been given access to the unseen realm of heaven by faith to receive God's promises, goodness, and blessing. You can know what belongs to you in order to possess it. How many possessors do we have here tonight? If you came here with a need, I want you to come and possess what you needed right now. It exists. It's yours. It's already been given to you. Did the land that God gave to the Israelites, did that exist? But when he told them that it was theirs, did they have it yet? They had to go in and possess it. Right? God said, I've given it to you. But they had to go in and get it. Amen? I'm telling you, God's already given it to you. But you got to come get it. you got to come get it. Amen? If you want joy, come get it. If you need strength, come get it. If you need guidance, come get it. It exists. It's available. And we have been given. We can come. You know, you see something different when you go behind the scenes. You get to see what other people don't get to see. Amen? Peter, James, and John were granted access to Jairus' daughter's room. They got to see Jairus get exactly what he said. He came to Jesus, come lay your hands on her, she will be healed, she will live. That's exactly what happened. Jairus saw healing in Jesus. He knew that it existed. He had left seeing his daughter sick. But he came seeing Jesus healing her and her living. Amen? Amen. He got what was invisible to the natural eye, but it became visible to the spiritual sense. Amen? So what did you come here tonight to get? Did you come here to get nothing? Did someone here tonight need something? What do you need? I want you to come up here.